Hi, everyone. This is Carrie Bellog. I am the founder and chief groupie of Brand Groupies, where we obsess about your brands. Build your brand, rock your brand, and fans will come. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Brand Groupies podcast, where we speak with inspiring brand leaders who are building and rocking their brands. And uh, today we continue with our backstage series highlighting the, you know, the real brand groupies who are making brands shine. And I am so excited to welcome DP Knutin today. Um, I'm a big fan of his, and we recently connected on his podcast, nonfiction brand and had such an amazing conversation. We could have talked for hours. So this is, you know, his turn to tell his story. And I'm really, really excited to have you. So welcome, DP. Well, thank you so much, Carrie. I'm, I'm really excited to talk with you again because our first two episodes on my podcast were the beginning of a wonderful friendship. Yes. I feel. <laughs> you had me at the guitars in your background. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so um, so I'll just share a little bit about, you know, you. DP is a chief collaborator. He has worked on some of the biggest brands in the business, including Coca-Cola, The Athlete's Foot, and Closet Maid during 10 years at DDB Needham, Chicago, McCann Erickson in Atlanta, and Creative Shops in Denver, Sarasota, and Madison. He's the author of nonfiction brand um, and discover, craft, and communicate the completely true brand that you are and co-author of Rotoma, the ROI of social media, uh, top of mind and nonfiction brand. He is also a keynote speaker and clinician in branding, social media, creativity, and culture for groups throughout the United States. Very impressive uh, resume there. Oh, yeah. I hope I didn't botch anything. It should be because I wrote it myself. (laughs) Okay. I hope I didn't botch anything. Well, welcome um, today. And I'm really excited to kind of dive into, you know, how you got started. And, you know, I I found you through, um, you know, Allison on um, on LinkedIn. And, uh, you know, I was so impressed by your podcast and your, you know, your book, Nonfiction Brand. We ordered it right away. We added it to the Brand Groupies book club. So we're in the middle of reading it and we're going to pull out, you know, different quotes from it. So um, so Fantastic. really excited about that. But, you know, I guess it's, you know, starting with you, you have a brand presence. You have such a big personal brand. And, um, you know, how did you get to 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 having that today? How did what led to that? You really want the gory story? <laughs> yeah, the gory or the better. We're, we're Halloween All right. season. Well, I'm from the Midwest and in the Midwest, you're not all that young, man. You put your pants on one leg at a time, just like anybody else. You aren't better than anyone else. You aren't worse than anyone else. But we would never say that. We always say you aren't better than anybody else. And so I grew up as one of those hide your light under a bushel Midwesterners. And uh, even though I was involved in the arts, my degree is in theater. I was an actor in my nebulous 20s and all that stuff but i was one of those actors who who didn't like being a personality i wanted to be a an artist not a personality well later when i started my career in uh, advertising uh i did it anonymously i mean i worked in a creative group uh behind the wall if you will or behind the under the hood of the chassis of the agency and i did it successfully for 20 plus years And then I reached what 
I love to call my X years. Those are the years where you're experienced, you're, you've demonstrated your expertise over not just years, but decades. You're expensive. And if you don't own the agency, you're expendable. And it hit me in the head like a baseball bat that while everyone who worked directly with me knew me, knew of me, knew what I was good at, the the grouchy parts of me, you name it, they knew everything about me. Very few people outside the agency or on the other side of that agency wall knew who I was, what I did or and how I did it. Mm. And those are the three things that really distinguish you from anyone else. Right. Mm -hmm. So all of a sudden. I'm the most expensive person on the payroll. When you lose a client, what happens? You drop the most ex person on the pay uh, most expensive person on the payroll if you're not an owner of the agency. Well, I was not an equity participant or owner of an agency, and I realized, wow, that was a dumb idea to spend all my effort, all my energy, all my joie de vivre on somebody else <laughs> and not reserve any of it for myself. Yep. Nor tout the fact that I'm doing these things. And that's when I realized, you know what? Hiding my light under a bushel was not a good idea. Mm. So instead, I immediately set forth to rectify the situation. And I recalled um, a story that Tom Peters wrote for Fast Company Magazine in 1997 called The Brand Called You. And it was all about personal branding, this concept that he coined in 1997. So it's been around for, for a long, long time. And I remember I, I re it was so impactful. I remember where I was when I read it because I'm like, this is so brilliant. And it wasn't about creating some type of fictitious brand. It was about packaging who you are, what you do and how you do it in a way that attracts people, that allows them to understand that and that is what yeah. leads to not just engagement, but true human connection. Because once you d demonstrate those things and once it's widely known and once you've focused what you're trying to say about yourself and present about yourself and communicate about yourself, people can grab onto it like it's a handle on a suitcase. Mm -hmm. That suitcase can be full of everything you love, everything you hate, everything you've done. But it doesn't matter. They ha now have a handle or what I like to call a brandle on <laughs> brandle, your, your personal brand suitcase. Mm -hmm. And now you can take that suitcase and you can walk it over to the person who may say, you know, do you know anyone who's a good uh, writer? Oh, you got to meet DP. Sure. He's got a book. You should check out the book. Oh, and it's he's all about personal branding. Oh, and, you know, and all of a sudden you've got an unpaid sales force working for you when you don't even know it mm -hmm. because they know who you are, what you do, and how you do it in a way that is packaged like cereal. Yeah. Yeah. That's you know? a great, great point. And I, you know, I always say we um, try to nail down the brand pillars. I think we talked about that um, and, you know, what really sets you apart. So with all, you know, with all your experience with, you know, dealing with Coca-Cola and, um, you know, the athlete's foot and those major, um, you know, big brands, what were, what were like your, um, superpowers that then led, you know, that were really the staples of your brand, one, your pillars, because I know you're, you're a writer, you're also um, so charismatic, and in the theater background did not surprise me. So I think, you know, you stand out, you definitely make an impression. So what were, you know, your superpowers that kind of stayed with you to into your personal brand? 
Well, that's interesting you say that because, yeah, when, when I'm looking at you even across Zoom or, you know, a face to face conversation. Yeah, you see me as happy and peppy and bursting with love. The reality is in my natural state, I'm a high functioning introvert. Mm. Uh, I can turn it up and turn it on when I need to. But I guarantee you, after our conversation today, I'll be slumping in my chair for the rest of the afternoon yeah. as my battery strives to recharge. Mm. And for the longest time, I use that as an excuse not to put myself out there mm. in any big, meaningful way. But you were asking about my superpowers or what I would call my key three. You've mm. mentioned pillars, brand yes. pillars. I, I, of course, because I'm a copywriter, I've got to coin a different term yeah. for it and put a circle R on it or a TM <laughs> to yeah. say, no, it's not a brand pillars. It's key three. Key three. Yes. You've got three ideas, three concepts, three phrases or words that sum up who you are, what you do and how you do it. Mm -hmm. So I've been doing that for years for other businesses. And as I said, I didn't do it for myself. I kind of knew, well, I'm, I'm, I'm a good writer because people seem to like the way I write, you know, uh, but, but a writer is not really who I am. A write, writing is a tool the same way that uh, using uh, Adobe InDesign is a tool for a graphic designer. That's just a tool. Who are you really? And so I always search for the first principle idea that sums up the truth of who you are. And it took me a while to go through my three, but the first one was easy. And that is creative. Mm. I have to be on the creative side of the fence on whatever I do. It doesn't matter. Even when I was working as a temp for, you know, a, a telephone company, I had to be on the creative side, meaning I was the one who was creating the Excel spreadsheet with all the formulas and all that stuff. I wasn't the one who was just filling in the data entry, you know, mm -hmm. it, 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 I had to be creative. Yeah. The second one, and this one took me a long time to figure out, is collaborative. Mm. The word collaborative, collaborator creative is the name of my consulting business because that's what I do. I collaborate. And I point back to earlier on in my career, before I was an advertising copywriter, I did uh, improv theater. And I say theater, not just comedy, but improv theater, mm -hmm. because that the, the basic uh, tenets of improvisation are... Number one rule, listen. Number two rule, listen. Number three rule, listen. listen. You have to listen, listen, listen. And then you have to say yes and. Meaning, if you start a scene where you say, get away from the fire, the, the TNT is about to blow up. I'm not going to turn around and say, there's no TNT in there. I'm going to say, you're right. The, the, uh, our enemies set it on fire. As they, uh, you know, uh, invade our village, whatever it is, I take whatever you say and I plus it up. I add mm. to it. So that's collaboration in action. That's a great And tip. I realized that while I like to think that my writing is me solo by myself in a garret staring at a wall, it's really informed by everything that I deal with when talking with clients. It's we come to uh, almost a detente an understanding, a deep understanding on who they are, what they do and how they do it so that I can then listen very deeply on what they say they want and then deliver what I know they need. Mm -hmm. There's a difference. Mm -hmm. What they say they want is not necessarily what they need. Yeah. And you now, know. the third word was the hardest for me to figure out 
until I realized my greatest. Okay. If you think about your greatest superpower, all you have to do is turn the other side of the coin. It's your greatest weakness. Mm -hmm. So if you have that thing in your life where I'm really good at this, but when I go too far, it slips over into that. That, my friends, is probably <laughs> one of your key three. In my case, uh -huh. it's always been about the word provocative mm -hmm. or provocation. Now, I don't consider provocation to be a uh, naturally or 100% of the time negative word. To provoke ideas, to provoke thought, to provoke conversation, to provoke engagement, to provoke sales. All of these things are good things. But if you go one step too far, you've provoked the bear who's about to kill you. Mm. So my greatest superpower is that provocation. But my greatest superpower weakness, my kryptonite, if you will, is the uh, perhaps going a little too far. Mm. And I'm aware of that, which is the first step toward calibrating yourself correctly so you don't go too far. But you asked for my three. Those are my three. Creative, okay. collaborative and provocative. OK, love it. Thank you. That that really um, that helps. And, you know, to our listeners too, thinking about, you know, their three that what you know, what sets them apart because you can't have like 10. It's just too much to remember. You really have to right. nail it down. So people can talk about you, you know, and um, and word of mouth. So, um, you know, it's interesting. I know, you know, uh, looking at the branding world from what, you know, early days when I was at, you know, the old school PR agencies in this in New York City and sending out press releases and you were in Atlanta working, you know, on ads and um, copywriting, um, you know, of course, the industry has evolved so much, you know, now to include so many people on a team, even for social media and branding. It's like you have the copywriter, the, the designer, the, you know, you have the tech person, digital marketing, um, you know, it's, I always find it a challenge to kind of find that ideal team. You have the experienced brander mixed with the, you know, millennial who's right out of school. From your experience, you know, what have you found to be successful as you've evolved and been on like the cutting edge of this industry as far as like forming teams nowadays and collaborating with different generations and, um, you know, people who have different experiences, but you kind of have to collaborate and work together in today's ever-changing world well i think you hit on a big word and that is different mm. or you could conflate that with a, a word that's bandied about a lot these days diversity you need a diversity of thought experience gender mm. uh age uh you name it because it's that collaborate uh, collaboration between the diverse members of whatever team you're putting together that is the difference between something that's good or something that's great. Now, again, I, I look for uh, examples outside advertising and marketing because I think they're more fun, you know. But if you think about it, name a movie director that you love and then ask certain questions like, why are they performing at the very highest level they are? And like uh, an example I love to use a lot is Martin Scorsese, right? Mm -hmm. He's a top shelf movie director. How many people know that he's used the same film editor for every one of his films, or I think just about every one of them, Thelma Schoonmaker. And by the way, how many people know that Thelma Schoonmaker has more Academy Awards than Martin Scorsese does? Mm, I didn't know that. Well, that's the whole point, because yeah. he's the lead 
but she's the rhythm section mm -hmm. right behind. And I'm, I'm going to yes. speak in your language, yep. Carrie. She is the bass, the drums and the songwriter, if yep. you will, keeps it going. for the band. Keeps it, yeah. keeps the train running, right? Right. And, and take a look at that. You've got Martin Scorsese, who's a quintessential New Yorker. And then you've got Thelma Schoonmaker, who's who got a totally different experience, totally different gender. And yet together they collaborate to create greatness, mm -hmm. you know, sure. and I, I think greatness. There are some individuals who you can point to and say, no, that's a solo person who was great for Michelangelo lying on his back in the Sistine Chapel. He did that by himself. That was great. Yeah. But then you dig a little deeper and you find out some of the other uh, old masters of Italian painting. They had entire studios mm. where they had people not unlike Andy Warhol, who were doing the kind of grunt work stuff like you get the canvases ready. Here's the outline I want you to do. And then I'll come in and I'll touch up some stuff and make it look fantastic. Mm -hmm. So for the mythology of the individual great man or great woman, the reality is, as one of my favorite people talks about all the time, greatness is in the service of others. Or I would extend that to say greatness is in the collaboration with others. Mm. You know, I think that's that's how you create the type of breakthrough stuff that you definitely need to do in, in this these days of everything is media. Mm. Mm -hmm. Everything is always on 24 seven. Yes. And if you haven't looked at your Twitter stream in the last five minutes, you're already missing something yeah. major. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, no, thank you. That's that's really great. Um, great advice. And, you know, I think it's just like you said, things are moving so fast and it's just like how to keep up and how to bring on people to your team. And, you know, when you approach a brand, um, you know, really how you know how to take it to the next level to make sure that you are staying on you know, the cutting edge. So it's all about, you know, collaboration. Uh, so I want to talk more about your your personal brand. So I know, you know, you're early on in kind of getting that together. And I know. Um, you know, you have your nonfiction brand um, book and, and brand. What was like, what were some of the first steps you did to start your personal brand? I know the book didn't come on day one. So, was, you know, right. was that always a goal or did you just start slowly, you know, speaking, um, you know, putting your name out there? What were kind of the first steps if, if someone wants to, you know, start today? Because it's never too late. You know, it's like start today and what should they be doing first if, you know, they want to. Okay. Well, I, I don't know if this is what you should be doing first. <laughs> but it's what I did first as a creative director in advertising and marketing. I was an early adopter of every social media platform. So the second mm -hmm. Tumblr comes out, I get an account. The second uh, Twitter comes out, I get an account and I sign up. And when I signed up, I would always use different uh, handles, you know, mm -hmm. like on my Tumblr was self-loathing copywriter, I think. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, early on, my Twitter handle was, uh, canoe 10 c-a-n-o-e one zero because that's <laughs> I, get it that's how my last name i did not write <laughs> that down when i was pronouncing it <laughs> but but you will now i know, and, I know. but anyway i i realized one day when i started getting serious about okay how am i going to amplify m my true personal brand i realized i've got all these different handles out there and nobody knows who they are or because they were anonymous for the most part, and they aren't serving me. Mm -hmm. To be anonymous on social media is perfect if you're a troll. Mm -hmm. 
But if you're a personal brand who's trying to build awareness, preference, understanding the the like, know and trust that Bob Berg talks about, Mm -hmm. you aren't going to get it by being squeaky girl 25. (laughs) So I decided Mm -hmm. I'm going to reconcile all my accounts to my name, D.P. Knuton. I'm lucky enough not to have a common name. I'm the only D P K N U D T E N in the world as far as I know. And I certainly am on social media. So if you said, hey, how can I follow you on Twitter? At DP Knuton. <laughs> hey, how can I find you on Facebook? Mm-hmm. At DP Knuton. Hey, are you on LinkedIn? Yeah, look up DP yeah. Knuton. Everywhere. Yes. So I reconciled those. And for initially, for a, a hot second, I thought, oh, I'm going to lose people who, who uh, were following me by changing my handle. And then I realized no one's following no. me. <laughs> so who am I going to lose? What do I have to lose? Yeah. I have nothing but to gain by being literally true to myself, true to my name, mm-hmm. true to the who I am. So th- that's one of the first things I did. The other thing I did was I looked at the social media landscape because uh, I, I have natural preferences towards certain mm-hmm. channels and natural. Of, uh, I hate certain other channels. Yeah. And I realized that for what I do, I needed to be more in the B2B space, the business to business space, you know, because I work with everything from uh, genetic assay uh, testing manufacturers to plywood to everything in between. And where do those people live? They live on one place. It's LinkedIn. So LinkedIn was going to be my number one for sure. Sure. Twitter is a I'm a huge lurker on twitter because i follow politics like it's a blood sport Mm -hmm. it it is my sporting event Mm -hmm. twitter is a great place for that but i don't do much on twitter i use it as an amplifier for the stuff i'm doing on linkedin and a little bit on facebook and instagram so if i had to put them in if i had to stack rank these Mm -hmm. i'd say number one is linkedin number two is instagram number three is twitter and number four and i hate to do it but i have to is facebook yeah yeah. Facebook to me is is Marrakesh on market day. Yeah. There's so, so much, much going on so there. You can't get traction. No. Nope. Unless you're advertising. So, you know, you're right. And LinkedIn, you know, we're in the B2B space as well. So it's, um, you know, really um, amazing right now. The organic reach is huge and you're hitting your network for certain industries. So for B2B, like we're in the architecture, engineering, construction, you know, industry and and finance, I think those industries, um, you know, are key on there. And I think even if you start posting even a few times a week, you're going to show up in those, you know, in those feeds because not everyone is is posting. There's a lot of lurkers still still out there. Yeah, that's very true. You know, and the other thing is, you don't uh, like obviously co- I, content marketing is important. You got to create content and market yeah. it for yourself, right? Mm-hmm. I like comment marketing to get mm. started. And I what like I mean by that, that is comment. Com- okay, so like if you look at your LinkedIn feed mm-hmm. and identify a handful to say under 10, maybe 20, less than 20, mm-hmm. I'd say if you do five, focus on five people that you want to engage with or they're birds in a flock that you want to be flying with. You identify those people. And then when they post something, you immediately comment on what they're doing. And it's not, hey, thanks for sharing. 
That is garbage. That is nutritionless garbage. Instead, you do a comment that uses a technique that I call the like plus. Mm -hmm. Let's let's play this out. Carrie, you just posted up a nice post on LinkedIn about HVAC. I know that one of your big clients is in the HVAC space, the heating, uh, ventilation, air conditioning space. Yes. You you post something up there about trends in HVAC marketing or sales or whatever it is. Or since we're in COVID, maybe there's a big thing going on about air filtration, you know, getting viruses out of the air, stuff like that. You post on something about that. I see it. I then reply, hey, Carrie, I love this share. Thank you so much. So the first thing is appreciation. Thank you. The second part is recognition. Hey, at Carrie Balog. Why? Because you put the at Carrie Balog in because Carrie will now be notified that mm-hmm. you've commented on her post. And therefore, she's going to check it out. And if she's smart, she's going to respond to that comment because she knows that the post will now go wider to more people because the algorithm sees that people are commenting positively on this. And there's Mm -hmm. some heat going on in the conversation, you know, all that stuff. The next step is addition. You have to add to it. So if I say, hey, Carrie, great post. Thanks for sharing this. My daughter has allergies you mentioned that this filtration system is great for viruses does it work for pollens as well and then i'm going to add a task or a takeaway at the end which is can you point me to an expert or a podcast or another resource that might help me with this Mm -hmm. so what have i done i've just made you look fantastic i shine the spotlight on you Mm -hmm. i have now teed up a golf ball for you to crush because i know you have a reference that you can point me to or some a podcast or whatever i have set you up for success absolutely so how are you going to think about me for posting like that yeah the first time yeah the, the I'm first gonna wanna time, like go and, and give back to you. I'm gonna want to go onto your exactly. page. I'm gonna want to listen to your podcast and you know exactly. Uh, every and let, let's just say buy your book, let, which I did. <laughs> but but let's just say you're you're practicing good social media for a good looking woman. Which is, I don't comment to every guy who hops in my mm. feed the first time. Okay, so you maybe maybe you say thanks. I appreciate it. Nice talking with you or uh, watch for more whatever. If I do that, not five times in the first week, but like two weeks later, you put up something and I respond to it with a similar technique. Mm -hmm. Oh, that guy's a pretty decent guy. By the third week, we're we're practically friends and you will do things like. Uh, uh, scratch my back when mm-hmm. I post something you might respond positively to it you might recommend what I'm doing etc cetera, etc cetera. Sure. a friendship has developed because of that technique yeah and again it's appreciation thank you yep recognition carry at carry so that carry will be notified addition I'm adding yep. to the conversation and then task or takeaway which is I'm continuing the conversation by setting up a golf ball for yep. Carrie to crush. Now, I'd be a crappy marketer if I didn't have a nice mnemonic device for you to remember this whole technique. And it is this. Always make sure there's a rat 
in your comment. Appreciation, recognition, addition, and task or takeaway. Brilliant. That's amazing. <laughs> but let me tell you, that's how you build followers. Yes, absolutely. That's the level you want to fly at. Absolutely. Definitely. And that's so strategic because, um, you know, it's all about strategy because it is so overwhelming, especially to leaders who, um, you know, aren't aren't marketers, you know, and they're like, how do I, how do I approach this? And it's just by taking, you know, those steps that are really going to, you know, move the needle and um, having that strategic approach. So that's, that's awesome. Awesome advice. And how, how many hours a day do, would you suggest spending on LinkedIn? Um, 15 minutes, 15 minutes and really just literally after those target. It, yeah. People. One, Scan your feed for anybody and anything of interest mm -hmm. in your sector, in your focused area. Then seek out what those five to 10 people that you want to associate with what they're doing. Yep. If there's nothing on any given day, that's it. Sure. 15 minutes, you're done. Yep. If if you spot someone who's posted like, oh, Carrie's got a new post up. And, oh, it's a really nice, thoughtful article about uh, being a woman in marketing in the age of COVID. I'm a man. What can I say about that? Yes. Oh, I, I've got three daughters. Yeah. Uh, I, so I can talk about how totally. I'm going to share this with my daughters. And by the way, uh, my daughter who lives in your neck of the woods is looking for an internship. Do you know of anybody locally who might be interested in having a blah, sure. blah, 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 or whatever it is? Absolutely. All of a sudden we're creating a relationship. I'm not asking for you any, uh, about anything hard. Mm -hmm. I'm not asking for, hey, can I take 20 minutes of your time to yeah. tell you about this <laughs> financial fund or whatever? No, sure. I'm asking you a human thing. Like, yep. do you, can you point me to a resource? Sure. Guess who knows where resources exist? Yeah. Experts. Yes. I have just said, you are an expert. Mm -hmm. I respect you as an expert. And therefore, I'm asking for your expert advice. Again, I'm not saying, hey, Carrie, you're an expert. What do you think about this? Instead, I'm allowing you to demonstrate your expertise. Yeah, that is great Demonstration. Advice. It's not about what you say. It's about what you do. Mm demonstration yeah that is such a great piece of advice thank you <laughs> yeah no problem that's that's awesome so so you're an early adapter on all the you know the social channels and then when did it you know occur to you all right it's time time to write my book and how did you come up with the uh you know the concept okay well I, the book didn't come to me it came from the mouth of someone i i worked with yeah 15 years ago mm. Uh, I was working with uh, a very young person, you know, right out of internship, first job out of college. And and, you know, she was my daughter's ages. So I kind of acted fatherly to her, yeah. you know, ju not, not just helping her out with how to do marketing, but even life skills, adulting skills like, you know, just giving hints like when you're in a meeting. As a young woman. Your first job, like any young person, is is to listen, but find the opportunity to say one thing of value, just one, because mm. what's going to happen? Heads are going to turn your way and they're going to go, oh, wow. she was listening. She's smart. Maybe we should include her in more important stuff because she's not just sitting there like a fly on a wall. Sure. Yeah. Just a, a little hint like that. And over time, we became friends and all that stuff. 
And she said, you know what? You should take a lot of what you're telling me and put it in a book. Mm. I'm like, uh, I never <laughs> thought about writing a book. Then a little bit, fast forward a little bit, one of my clients said, you know, you're a really good writer. And I said, well, thank you very much. I write <laughs> advertising copy every day. Yeah, yeah. She said, no, 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 no. You should write books. I'm like, wow, that's different. All of a sudden, she's forcing me to think differently to think about differently. myself. And then the, the big thing was one of my colleagues who I started to get to know after my X years event, you know, yep. uh, I met a guy named Spencer X Smith and he was known in my neck of the woods for being an expert on social media. And he developed an idea called return on top of mind awareness, R O T O M A. And that became the uh -huh. first book that I wrote with him, which is all about using social media to get a return on not on of in, uh, not in terms of ROI return on investment, but return on top of mind awareness, because mm. people say, what's the ROI of social media? Yeah. And that's a really hard number to come up with. It right. Is. Is. But if you say, what is the ROTOMA of social media? And you can see it right away, which is yeah. every time I post, I ping on people's radar screens. I'm at the top of their mind maybe for a millisecond and then i start dropping down but every time i ping boom it goes back up yeah and drops back down it, it, and spencer is a sales guy and he would say everybody knew who i, who I was after i spent half an hour with him mm. for a good solid week and then they started to forget about me mm. as a salesperson if i'd come back a, the next quarter three months later um, they would go, oh, yeah, Spencer, that guy. So that, that would be like a ping for a uh, three, four month delay. Sure. Ping. <laughs> Social media allows you to have ping every single day sure. if people are following you. And consequently, well, you've probably had this uh, mm -hmm. if you're on Facebook. All of a sudden, a blast from your past, a friend from high school, they start pinging on your Facebook feed and you go, I haven't thought about that person mm. since the night before graduation. <laughs> and then you see a week later, they do something else and you go, oh, yeah, that we were really close friends. And then you go, I always laughed so hard when we were together. Mm -hmm. And then by the five the fifth time you see it. What do you do? You reach out to him saying, hey, I don't know if you remember me, but we used to have fun in study hall. Remember senior year? Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, that person who was absolutely off your radar screen could now be brought right back into your life. Yeah. Because they pinged that return on top of mind awareness that, by the way, social media, every single channel, while they may have paid versions, mm -hmm. you get 80% of their paid version for free. Yeah. And I'm a cheap ass dad. I, I spend my money on my family and my kids and all that stuff. I don't spend anything on myself. I am 100% mm -hmm. organic. I mean, mm -hmm. uh, and never bought a, a single Facebook uh, ad or, you know, AdWords, Google AdWords or anything for my efforts. Sure. Instead, I do what we talk about in the book, Rotoma, the ROI of social t media top of mind, which happens to look like this if you're watching on the video feed. Oh, um, it's available on Amazon and uh, a lot of great ideas in there. The concept is spelled out very cleanly as well. But the whole point is. And by the way, I think if you're watching the video feed, you can see I'm of a certain age and that certain age is north of 50. <gasps> I am in the age where people say, oh, I don't do the social media. Yeah. Well, guess what? 
I don't do things that waste my time. Sure. But social media doesn't have to be a waste of your time if you use it judiciously. Sure. Again, number one, LinkedIn. Number two, Instagram. Number three, yeah. Twitter. Number four, only because I forced myself, Facebook. Yes. Yeah. Totally. Uh, no, and and um, and you have so much content as far as the book, the podcast. You know, um, I think some people struggle with like, what am I going to post? You know, I mean, obviously they can share, they can share articles and be thought leaders, um, and their opportunities to write. Um, but is there anything coming up that is, you know, interesting? Of course, with the events during the. Um, the shortage of events, you know, of course, during during COVID, um, that was something that was on hold because events was always a great opportunity to talk on panels and, and stuff like that. But um, do people need to start a podcast, write a book, write a blog? You know, what's like the entry posting? Uh, well, again, uh, uh, any of those things you can do is a level up. It's yes. an unlock. You yeah. know, it, it's you literally start building, but it's very much like going to the gym. Mm -hmm. You know, the first day you go to the gym, you don't pick up the 150 pound yeah. weight. If you're me, you go over and pick up the one pound weight, do two reps and go, okay, that's all I can do. Sure. But then I come back the next day mm -hmm. and I do a few more reps and then I grab and the next day I grab a high, a bigger weight. You start by doing the minimum, mm. getting some response and then seeing, Hey, this is actually kind of valuable. And that, gets the wheel spinning the the flywheel effect you know the the idea that you've got this heavy wheel that the first turn on that wheel is really hard but then you get some momentum going and then you add a little bit at a time and that flywheel gets going faster and faster and faster faster yeah. faster 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 <laughs> and then you can stop and take a week-long vacation and the flywheel's going because you've got going. a buffer account that's automatically sending out some stuff while you're on vacation because you've got everything going and you never stop pinging on people's radars. Yes. But if you're asking if uh, like if there's a listener right now who's saying, what can I do right now today? Yeah. I would say you could say that I just spent the most riveting half hour, 45 minutes <laughs> hour listening to Carrie Ballard's podcast, <laughs> the Brian Groupies podcast. Do you know about this? At Carrie Ballog is really smart, and her group of people do this, blah, 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 blah. I heard from this guy from Wisconsin at <laughs> D.P. Knuton, and he was really entertaining. And really, I think he's very good looking, too. <laughs> and if you don't, you should subscribe to this podcast. Okay, if someone did that on LinkedIn yeah. right now, yeah. what do you think Carrie's going to do? What do you think I'm going to do? Oh, we're going to love that person and, and go follow them and comment and, you know, um, engage and, and try to support. But not only like a one off, it would be like, a let's stay in touch. Let's continue to support each other for the long term. Exactly. Yep. yep. Because you're using another one of the techniques I like to call shine the spotlight. Mm -hmm. A lot of people think personal branding is about shining the spotlight on yourself. To which I say, wrong, wrong direction, my friend. Mm -hmm. Shine the spotlight on someone else. Because guess what happens with the light from that spotlight? It reflects back on you. <laughs> Maybe not as brightly. Yeah. But it does reflect back on you. Sure. So, for example, I had you on my podcast. We talked 
only about you. Well, mm-hmm. uh, I talk about myself <laughs> so much that I probably got more than a few words in about that. But we talked about your band, Mama Drama, how yes. you've got a Gibson SG guitar, which obviously I love guitars. Yes. You know, all this stuff. I was actively trying to make you look great every step of the way. Every question I asked you was designed to be a golf ball that you could crush. Uh, some uh, some of them may not be obvious and, you know, depending on how quick you are on your feet, mm-hmm. there might be some thinking involved. Well, that's cool, too, because sure. guess what I do? I edit my podcast. Yeah. So if it takes you three minutes to come up with an answer, all I do is cut out three minutes of, of dead air yeah. and go right from here's a really tough question to that's funny because I've thought about that and here's my answer. Yeah. Yeah. You look expert. You didn't look like you had to take three minutes to answer the question. <laughs> I shine the spotlight yeah. on you. And so what happens? Ref- some of it's reflected back. Some of it in the form of my podcast. Anytime someone listens to it and they hear how brilliant Carrie's being, they think, boy, that DP Knuton hangs around with smart people. <laughs> that's a reflected light coming back. But it also comes back more directly in the form of Carrie Balog having me on her podcast mm. where she's asking me questions about myself. Yes. Do you think she would have done that before she knew who the heck I was? Hmm. Well, maybe. <laughs> well, Allison Summers, I have to give her credit, you know, for introducing us. As yeah, well. well, but but Allison's recommendation is, OK, uh, he gets past the security guard at yes. the front of the club. Yes. That doesn't mean I'm going to let him near the safe, <laughs> Yes, yeah. you know, with all the money in it. Totally. But what happens is, and this is one of the big powerful mm-hmm. power unlocks that uh, people who have podcasts know, but people who don't maybe don't think about when you have a guest on a podcast, if you get along anything like close to good, you're going to leave that podcast going, that was great. They were smart. That was fun. This is someone who, if I ever run across them in public, I'm not going to say, oh, hi. Yeah, I was on your podcast. I'm going to be, Carrie, how are you? Oh, my God. I got to have you back on my podcast. Are you available? You know? Yeah. It's like an instant, you know, friendship. Right. We we have bonding. Yeah. We have skipped months of relationship building. That is so true. Yes. And Absolutely. that is the power. And, and again, I don't know how many listeners you have on your podcast, mm-hmm. but I don't pull big numbers for my nonfiction brand yeah. podcast. Doesn't matter. No. Because it allows me to, one, associate with people I want to associate with. I get to mm-hmm. choose who comes to my audio pod party. Mm-hmm. <laughs> two, it gives me an excuse to contact people who are flying at a much higher altitude than I am. Because they understand the value of being on podcasts, even with small listenerships. Mm. Uh, An example, uh, when I wrote my first book, uh, the book was about 90% done. And I thought to myself, I need to get some blurbs for the book. I need to have a cover blurb, maybe one for the back of the book. And hopefully a couple I can put on the inside of the book as well from people who are notable. Mm. So um, I was really kind of iffy about it. So I only sent out request to five different people. One was what I would call a friend who's a C-lister, but I thought I could, I I thought they'd do it for sure. Then I sent it out to two, I would call them B-listers, the people who are striving to become A-listers, but weren't there yet. And then two people who I considered, oh, there's no way in heck I could get these, but why not? 
who do you think responded to yeah, that top, request for blurbs? Yeah, the top two. The top two. Mm. Why? How do you get to the top? By taking every opportunity you can. Yeah. And so what what does a blurb on some guy's self-published book do for you? It gets your name out there. Yeah. As an expert, because who blurbs books? Experts or authors or, you know, mm -hmm. it, like the first book. <clears throat> this is from Scott Galloway, the professor of marketing at NYU Stern School of Business, who is also on the Pivot podcast with Kara Swisher and Scott Galloway. If you're a fan of him, you know yeah. him as the dog. Mm. He writes a book that starches the fluff from social media and helps managers allocate capital and find the unicorn among unicorns, ROI. Mm. What is that blurb worth? Yeah. <sighs> what did it cost me? <laughs> Nothing. Yeah. And so the people who are flying at the highest altitude, who I, are the ones I want to hang with, mm -hmm. were the most responsive because I asked. Yes. Yeah. I always love to tell my daughters, if you don't ask, you don't get. You don't get. You're right. And they can always say no to what you say. Thank you very much for your time. You've got a fan in me. Yeah. Uh, good luck with everything you're doing, which, by the way, will make them feel bad for not <laughs> doing it. So the next time they see your name, they're going to go, yeah, I, I kind of screwed that guy over. So, hey, by the way, uh, you got a new book coming out or want to be on my podcast? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's human psychology. Yeah. I mean. No, it's true. It's so funny because I bought, I literally had just bought the book Known by Mark Schaefer. Then I went yeah. to you and then I'm like, oh my God, you had Mark on your podcast several times. So I listened to that and I was um, like, oh my gosh, I'm such a groupie of these guys and gals, you know, who, who were on your podcast and it just was... Um, uh, awesome. And then I added him to the book club and then, you know, he commented and we've been exchanging, um, you know, some messages and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm talking to Mark Schaefer, you know? So that was yeah. pretty cool. And it was, you know, all coming back around. Right. Because you have something of value for him, mm. you know, and, uh, Mark is not unlike a lot of authors, which is when they're in writing mode, they kind of shut down. Because they got to write the book. Mm -hmm. They got to put all their energy in writing a book. And, you know, more than one person has uh, kind of equated writing a book to giving birth or uh, birthing a child because it is painful and it, yes. it's a long period and you don't think you're going to be a good parent and, and all this emotional turmoil. Then the book's out. Well, guess what he's going to want to do once that new book comes out? Mm -hmm. He's going to want to be on every podcast from here to Bangalore. Yeah. Because... The more people who hear about it and hear from him, the better the book's going to sell. The more people are going to hire him to come speak at an event, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So sure. it's that flywheel again. You know, if you've got people actively pushing on your flywheel to make it go faster for you, yeah. guess what's going to happen? Things are going to happen faster. Yeah, I love that. Um, that quote, how to get to the top, take every opportunity you can. That's that's great. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of people will claim, oh, you're just an opportunist. Like in, being an opportunist is yeah. a bad thing. It's... I was once I was once referred to by someone as a gross opportunist. And I'm mm. like, what does that mean? If there's a five dollar bill on the floor, I'm not supposed to pick it up. <laughs> if there's opportunity sitting on a table, I'm not yeah. supposed to grab a slice. Yeah. yeah. And you see the opportunity, you know, you see it. Um more than than other people maybe so too so well yeah and also i'm going to turn right around and 
hand that five dollars off to somebody else. Yeah. You know, yes. And give them opportunity. Sure. Sure. Because, again, it, it's not about me. It's about us. It's about finding the people that you can honestly say, I recommend this person 100 mm-hmm. percent. I want to be like them. If they said, hey, I'm doing a conference, I would love to have you speak at it. I would drop everything to be there. Yeah. You know, if they said, hey, I've got a new book, would you take a look at it? It's still in very early stages, so don't pay any attention to the grammar or the spelling and stuff. I just want someone to give me some thoughts in a heartbeat. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Because they have earned my attention by giving me attention. Absolutely. Yeah, that's it's reciprocal. It's that collaboration thing. You've got a book you need to promote. Come on my podcast. I'm going to make you look good and set you up. I have a book I want to promote. Bring me on your podcast. (laughs) You you know, it it doesn't have to be a mercenary back scratch. It can be one of you're my friend. Why wouldn't I hype you to the I and I'll by the way, I'll never lie. Yeah, I'm not going to say your book is five stars if I think it's well, it's kind of a four star. Sure. But I'm going to give you a four star blurb. (laughs) Yeah. You know, an honest blurb, like there were some concepts in this book I had never thought of. Yep. But I am now. If you got a blurb like that for your book, now is the copywriter in me says Mm. there were some concepts in this book that I've never thought of until now. But I am now. So, of course, on the um, on the Brand Groupies podcast, we have to ask you about music. So how on brand is this? So um, I don't even know if I got to ask you like your favorite music. Like we usually ask, like, what are you you know, listening to when you are doing all your personal branding magic? Oh, my gosh. Well, okay. when I when I'm actually working and I need to focus, I'm a word guy. Mm. So I avoid stuff with words in it. Because mm. obviously, uh, words can take me out of it. I, I love stories, and good songs are stories, right? Yes. So I listened a lot to uh, movie soundtracks. Okay. And specifically, if I'm working on something that needs to be exciting, I'm going to listen to movie soundtracks for thrillers or adventure movies and stuff like that. If I'm writing something that needs to be softer and more romantic or or more personal, more heartfelt, I'll listen to the soundtracks of uh, romantic comedies, Mm. stuff like that, because I just feel like I'm swimming in a swimming pool of the right mood. Mm, Right. Like that. So that's a huge one. Another one of my favorites is just a a minimalist piano player named Ludovico Einaudi, (laughs) who actually did the soundtrack for. Oh, what was the movie that that won the Academy Award about the um, with Francis McDormand in it? Um, It just won. Yeah, just won. What was that? Yeah, I know. Uh, I mean. Yeah, but anyway, he did the a lot of the music on that. Cool, um, love that. But I will tell you that uh, it and it's funny. I get so excited when something great comes across my stream, and this actually came from my wife uh, via text message. She said, "Have you ever heard of the band Lawrence?" And I'm like, mm-hmm. "Lawrence," spelled L A W R E N C E. There is a song there. And if you go on YouTube and look up Lawrence, you're going to see Lawrence, don't lose sight, parentheses, acoustic. Hmm. It's only got 192,000 views. As of three days ago, it was 170,000. So it's starting to get some viewership. It is fan-freaking-tastic. Lawrence, don't lose sight. So 
I know the question you're going to ask is what song do I use? Well, ask the question. I, <laughs> I forget the formulation. So we close with the Brand Groupies Challenge. If your brand were a song, what song would it be? Uh, well, I initially, when you said be prepared to answer this question, I thought, hmm, what is it? And I thought, oh, the who's. Who are you? Mm. Literally, who, who I really want to know. Well. Because, yeah, literally, I really want to know. Before mm -hmm. I can write a single piece of copy for you, before mm -hmm. I can come up with a single concept or idea, I need to know who are you? The sure. true depth, deep who, who are you? So that we can create together a nonfiction brand that is completely true, completely you. Yes. But now that I've heard Lawrence's don't lose sight, mm. that is just an affirmational thing, which, you know, the opening lyrics are like... Um, I'm getting sick of this industry. It's, you know, it's taking a piece out of me. And but the whole chorus is "Don't lose sight, baby. Don't lose sight." Ooh, and it I can't just wait to kicks. Ah. Oh, oh, it's I can't so wait. good. All right, I'm gonna put that on my my playlist. Um, no, that's so awesome, DP. And I was going to. Um, ask you to plug your uh, website and social media handles, which is easy because it's 360 degree branded, right? Oh, yeah. Similar. Yeah, well, it is easy. It's and easy. in fact, um, I would love to offer your listeners the opportunity to get some free PDF downloads from mm. that talk about the like plus recipe of a rat in your comment. Uh, the key three, I've got that. five questions that'll get you start thinking about your key three. And then I've also thrown, <laughs> I'm throwing in a, a download PDF of a technique called the unselfish selfie. How to take a selfie mm. that can actually enhance your uh, nonfiction brand, personal brand efforts without coming off like a raging narcissist. Yes. <laughs> so you can get those by going to nonfictionbrand.com slash gift. Again, that. that's nonfictionbrand.com slash gift. It's absolutely free. You don't even have to sign up for my email list if you don't want to. Oh, uh, but uh, if you would like to sign up on my email list, and I guarantee you, I won't send you anything via it because I'm <laughs> so bad about that kind of uh, funnel marketing yes, stuff. Yes. I am a I'm a face to face person to person handshake marketer, mm -hmm. not a funnel not automation funnel. marketer. Oh, well, thank you. That is such a great gift. And it's good because I this is the most I've ever scribbled on a podcast like with a podcast <laughs> guest. I'm like, oh, my God. So now I can go right to your nonfictionbrand.com slash gift and, and get those nicely downloaded. <laughs> so. Well, and the other thing is, too, if your listeners are listening, if you post on LinkedIn today mm -hmm. or any day, boy, I just listened to the Brand Groupies podcast with at Carrie Balog with the special guest at DP Knuton and really enjoyed it. Do you know this podcast? You should. You should subscribe. Really great stuff. If you do that, I guarantee you that at least I am going to be all over you. I love it. Well, DP, thank you. I know we could continue to talk. You have so much to offer, and I can't thank you enough for your time and, um, and being here. It's always great to see you. So thank you again. Well, thank you, Carrie, and good luck with it. all things brand groupies. Thanks. And by the way, I want to know when the first Mama Drama album comes out because uh, Mom's <laughs> in Leather Forever. Yes. It's already on my playlist. Is it? Oh, great. Thank you. <laughs> awesome. On that note, thank you. We'll keep on rocking. All right.
getting sick of the industry I've had enough of the make-believe Oh please, oh please Am I lost or found? I'm getting sick of the ups and downs No need to give me the runaround I'm out